a um, little interlude there to explain the song that I added to the episode. Uh, I found it on, I, um, on Spotify, iTunes, and um, this is a song, two songs from a friend of mine, Flacco Velli. I guess he'll get paid for that. Um, and uh, it's two songs that you guys uh, got to listen. It's in Spanish, uh, bilingual. You know, he dabs in and out of uh, both languages, mostly in Spanish. Um, and it's somebody that I look up to and uh, somebody that I push every time that he drops new songs and uh, new tracks. I'm always there. I'm one of his first fans and stuff. So um, check him out, Flaco Valley, on, on Spotify, iTunes, and on this uh, podcast now. You know, he has a lot to offer, not just music, you know. Um, he's also a future guest. Hopefully he'll uh, come around and give me a call. Um, and uh, we'll get this interview because I know he got new music coming out. Um, it's dropping soon, and I hope he gives me the opportunity to um, interview him and um, break bread, you know, and um, you know, bring some uh, soul food to the table, you know. This man will always have a seat at my table. Um, will always eat from my pantry, um, and that's how we're rolling, you know, and. Um, Enjoy the music and uh, enjoy the podcast. Hey, welcome back. This is AMPE, all my people eating, where we break bread, support community growth, youth development, and we celebrate those forgotten heroes, where we give our roses to those still here with us now, where we learn from mother as well as teach other to teach other. We all brother from the same mother. All my people eating. Anyway, guys, um, this will be my introduction as to who I am. And uh, also, um, I have a few segments down the line. And one of them is, what is all my people eating? You know, what are you guys eating uh, in this time of craziness? You know, I don't want to call it this time of despair, uh, but a, a time of craziness that we going on. Our life would change like in a month type of thing, day by day. It was just changing and changing, you know. Um, me personally, you know, I was uh, aware of what was going on early. Um, for some reason, I quit my job around December I think it was the end of December, early January. I quit my job because my body was telling me, you know, like, it's time for you to change. I used to um, do delivery on a big truck. I used to drive a big truck doing delivery to a lot of the work site here um, in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, all them building down in the seaport and uh, everywhere in the South Shore and the North Shore, the South End and all of that. You know, I delivered to it, but um, it was a good job. Just um, my body was telling me that it's time for me to move on and do something lighter. 
uh, try to get uh, my point across at work, but you know, uh, it was uh, a no-go, so I had to step out. But um, it was more than that. It was just more than that of being tired um, from uh, working. It was uh, the universe, my body telling me, yo, chill, you know, something about to happen. Something's going to pop off, about to happen. You know, you, you, you probably going to be in the in the front line, so you need to fall back. And I started falling back in December. January came, and... Uh, you know, I was working, doing DoorDash and Grubhub, and I uh, was waiting to get uh, accepted in uh, Amazon Flex. And uh, so I was maintaining myself with that. At the same time, I was developing this podcast, you know, writing, um, and uh, a couple of other designs that I have and other projects that I'm doing from... Uh, documentary in the futures and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I was uh, consuming my time in that. And uh, I remember one afternoon sitting, you know, after people, you know, started getting uh, all scared and stuff like that because uh, a lot of the people from China were getting sick and uh, Italy started getting hit, bombarded with all of that, you know, so I, I personally started, like, looking back at, and remembering, you know, in December what was going on, you know, worldwide and stuff like that. And even before December, we remember, you know, in China, there was a lot of, well, not only in China, but in, in out there in Asia, there was a lot of protesting going on, student, all type of different things, for different things. You know, I can't recall a specific uh situation why they were protesting but there was a lot of stuff going on and worldwide actually but more out there and then they started getting hit with all of that there was a rumor that they spread something in order so people don't protest no more and that's how they started controlling the situation that's what i read and you know it's only um in a mind of a conspiracy i guess that that type of thought could grow out of a situation that's going on in our continent. But then again, hey, you know, it had happened uh, intentionally before, as we know, you know, smallpox back in the day and the Spanish flu in the 1900s, the early 1900s. But, um, um, so, um, I was concerned and I was taking precaution. I was still doing my delivery we're still with mad precaution and people, I was starting to see people be uh, more precaution also. I was taking the order, making sure that, you know, they don't touch me. Um, when they give out tips, you know, they come and they make sure that I don't touch them. You know, and uh, I was like, okay, yeah, people's taking precaution. I like that, whatever, whatever. But I'm still a carrier. I carry food. So if I do have something, I'm, I'm a carrier. And that's one of the times that I started um, falling back in the deliveries and stuff like that for the fact that I felt that if this is going on and this shit is spreading like it is and, uh, you know, um, and not only that, that same night that I came back home, I watched the video from 2015, I think it is, from, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Bill Gates, the TED Talk, and, you know, right then and there, I was like, wow, you know, 
Uh, I have seen this video before. Paid in mind when I seen it back then. But of course, you know, life goes on and stuff like that. And then you regurgitate or bring back a thought. And, oh, man, then, wow. He so um, on point as to what he said and everything. And I recommend it to anybody. Uh, find the... TED Talk with Bill Gates, I think 2015, and you're going to be, get ready or get prepared to be amazed as to what he's saying and as to what's going on right now. And for those that have seen it, know what I'm talking about. So, at that time, I was concerned. I've always been uh, anti-social a little bit. I had to socialize. So, I've always been in the fence with the socialism um, thing, you know, in the sense of... Uh, you know, talking to people, not talking to people, new new friend, new friend, and this and that. So, you know, I I have social anxiety as a regular. You know, I battle with that on a daily basis. I have to push myself out the door for me to go out. I have to feel uh, obligated to go out and stuff like that. If it's stuff for me, even if it's an obligation for me, I won't take that, but if it's an obligation to somebody else, then it will push me out the door. I don't know if you guys understand. But anyway, so I was like that. I was staying in. I was um, writing this podcast and other stuff. And uh, uh, one of my roommate uh, students, he's one of, he's a future uh, guest also, uh, Nicholas Coppola. Um, he, you know, was um, keeping me updated as to what his college... Uh, was uh, sending him the emails, the lockdown, and stuff like that. And I started Googling as we speak, sitting down in the kitchen, and I saw that Harbor closed down. Or I think he just told me Harbor closed down. And then I Google and I see Harbor closed down, MIT closed down, this and this and that. And they were closing as, as I was Googling at the moment, right then and there. Um, and I said to myself, wow, if Harbor... And MIT is closing down. And to me, those are the top colleges. And you know what goes on. Well, a lot of people don't know. Everybody knows. Nobody knows what goes on in Harvard. Only the people that run Harvard, I guess. Anyway, so if those big entities took it upon themselves to close their door and send everybody home and evacuate, uh, I remember it was like on Wednesday or Tuesday or something to that effect, and they say that by Friday they need to have the whole campus evacuated, and everybody and the kid around here was um, planning to go home and all of that, so everybody was on the move. It was a big migration. I remember the airport started getting packed, this and that, and, and at that time, the NBA and all the other sports that were on were still going on. They closed like three days later or two days later and stuff like that. I remember that. Because we were still here, you know, and watching sport and, uh, you know, doing some friendly bets on sports. And uh, I remember that, you know. Anyway, so that's when I shut down and I checked my pantry. And my pantry, you know, was very poor. <laughs> and, you know, that's when I decided to, um, you know, um, fill up my pantries. And, you know, like I told you guys, you know, you have to shop different at this time, you know. I understand that we... we we like the steaks and we like the uh, hamburgers, the hot dogs, and we like the lobsters and shrimps and stuff like that that we buy, the pizza, 
and all of that, you know, but it's different, especially people that have kids. I'm quarantined by myself. Um, everybody in the room, there's four people in my floor. Um, right now, there's only three. One guy uh, um, went to his girlfriend's house. Um, so, you know, um, I make sure that I clean up and everything. But um, in my pantry, I try to put things that, you know, uh, a person with good common sense would think that, you know, they could survive with, you know. I eat very little. I don't eat a lot. My body doesn't eat a lot, and that's one of the problems. And I was a little bit scared because uh, I know that I have a, a, a low immune system for the fact that I stopped eating meat and stuff like that. So I bought, like, rice, sardine, tunas, um, salmon, um, a lot of onion, peppers, tomatoes, um, beets, um, carrots, um, those are stuff that, you know, you eat it, uh, you consume it, and you're going to get, um, great nutrients and vitamins, and, uh, it's going to help your immune systems up. Uh, if you guys know anything else, I guess you could, um, um, text or comment on, on this, um, thing as to what is good or what you guys are doing, you know, what to um, enforce your immune system, what do you guys are eating, what changes have you made in your um, eating habits. Um, I know a, a lot of you guys love to, um, you know, uh, order stuff, because like I said, I used to be a delivery guy, so um, a lot of people order stuff, so how do you guys, just, you know, getting by on that situation, you know, that um, maybe some of you guys don't know how to cook. This is an opportunity for you guys to um, Google something on YouTube, you know, and uh, get going and cooking and, um, you know, um, creating something. I'll be seeing my roommate do a couple of different dishes and stuff like that, you know, and I toast to him, all my people eating, uh, you know, and... Um, but yeah, you know, um, rice, like I said, bread, you know, bread have to be eaten real fast. So, you know, I buy like pita bread, you know, because pita bread could um, last longer than regular bread. Don't mind me. I buy some bread, you know, some hoagies or big Italian bread like that, you know, so I could make three sandwiches. I could eat three times, you know, with a big loaf of bread, you know, some tuna or some, you know, stuff like that. Ramen noodles, ramen noodles. You buy a box of ramen noodles, and you could do different ramen noodles. You know, you can make it in a soup. You can make it um, as, like, what we call bam-bam, that, you know, you boil it, and you break it down into pieces, you boil it, you know, and uh, you always wash those ramen noodles. I always do. I wash them with hot water, like I boil water, and I wash them with that. I let them, you know, grow in that water, and I rinse it out, you know, with cold water, and then, you know, when the noodles are, you know, to the, to the, um, the, the softness that you want them to be, or the hardest, or whatever, then you cook them, you know, with soy sauce, and you add your own ingredient, and stuff like that, and you saute, you know, and you have noodles sauteed with whatever, you know, like I said, I grab a sardine, throw it in there, throw some onion, garlic, pepper, you know, with a little bit of oil, so fries that, and, and throw some already, you know, um, 
wash noodles, you know, and you have a meal right there, you know, with some rice on the side, with some bread or something to that effect, you know. So, you know, what what is all my people eating, you know, out there? But anyway, um, this is just a segment of what is all my people eating. And I hope you guys like it and probably comment and send me feedback as to what you guys is eating. Um, uh, we'll be having somebody over to talk about um, a lot of the um, nutrients that come out of different um, vegetables and food, stuff that we need to fight, not just the coronavirus, but other colds and, you know, other stuff. Um, and people always stay safe, man, you know. Um, um, clean your hand, of course, you know. Ain't got to tell you none of that. You guys are grown and, you know, um, our hands are tools, you know, that we bring everything to our body with. So, you know, all my people eating. Stay safe, everyone. Um, my name is Tercero, and I'm the host, the MC of this show, the creator, the innovator, the producer, the OG at Dio, Uncle Mo, the writer, editor, producer, etc. Now they call me Grandpa Mo. That's settled for y'all motherfuckers out there. Anyway, um, real quick as to who I am, not going to give too much detail because that's going to come in the future. Um, I was born in the island of Hispaniola on the Dominican Republic side to um, Dominican parents. My grandmother um, was an African queen that was um, caught up in this side of the island. Don't know much. Um, I know a little bit about her history. Don't want to discuss the hair yet. But, um, yeah, I migrated to the United States. My grand my mother brought me and my brother to the United States in nineteen eighty one. Um lived in uh landed in New York, Washington High, one seventy second and St. Nicholas, five ninety West. Stayed there a few months, went to junior high school, PS one forty three, which it was on one eighty sec which is is one eighty second and uh Baltimore and Amsterdam. Less than a few months there, man. It was a uh, horrible school. I didn't see much, though, because, you know, to tell the truth, I didn't like it from the get-go. I liked the activity inside, but then outside it was like um, seeing a movie from Terradome type thing, yo, for real. Later on, you'll find out why I tell you that. Uh, anyway, so from there, a few months later, mom moved us, me and my brother and my sister, um, that was born here in the United States, um, moved us to Philly, and in Philly, I went to school over there, started loving the school over there, um, it was mixed, we was the only Dominican kids in that school, 
um, me, my brother, and my small sister, um, um, have friends, you know, of course, you know, we're going to also look for our Latinos, the ones that you could understand and talk to, because uh, you're growing up and learning English, you know, so I, I have a Puerto Rican friend that was the only Puerto Rican also, uh, brother and sister in school, and had all type of friends from Greek, uh, from Japan, from Laos, Vietnam, uh, Cambodia. Um, those were like the closest friend, and from uh, Ethiopia, my friend Lionel from Ethiopia. Um, and I was in school there. That was like um, the equivalent, I guess, of junior high school. Um, and I loved it. I was involved in everything that was uh, great. You know, I, I worked in the in the library. I became very good at the library. Knew where all the books were at. The session uh, organized everything my way. You know, made up a few arrangements and stuff like that. So you know, I was involved. I also was. Um, uh, a member of the crossing guard and I also became the captain of the crossing guard after that and uh, I was able to leave 15 minutes before everybody so I'll be able out there to you know help everybody cross and stuff to that effect um, I was very involved in everything that had to do in the school decoration um, to my classroom and all of that I had a, a Mexican teacher uh, white lady, don't know her background, um, and a few other teachers. Anyway, so I was even valedictorian of the year that I graduated, well, the, I guess the year that I graduated, but yeah, um, I had open heart surgery that same year, so it took me out of school for a while. Um, I was away for a few months, came back to school. Uh, I remember I came back to school uh, on a on a wheelchair and they waited for me outside all the classroom and uh, you know got a great welcome you know and very emotional you know little kid you know just learning how to speak the English language and trying to adapt to the culture here um, so that was a great motivation and I was very very enthusiastic into um, studying and I have my own dreams of becoming different things you know when you're young at that age you know you think about a lot of different stuff that you want to be um, after that my I, it lasted like five years in Philly it lasted uh, I would say not even five years four years three to four years but I would say four years so because we came back for whatever reason, uh, mother had uh, her situation going on with her spouse, and uh, we ended up going back to New York. And uh, to me, that was a turning point right there. Me, my brother, my sister going back to New York. We moved to 183rd Street. Um, I was uh, put into George Washington High School, uh, ninth grade. Um, 
I was, you know, very, very, very enthusiastic going to school, but not here, not in New York, not where they moved me to. It was like they took me out of something that I was already trying to master, that I was almost mastering it. And uh, they brought me to a war zone in New York because uh, the school that I, I went to, George Washington High School, it was no joke. Uh, and that wasn't even half. The junior high school that I initially, when I first landed here at 143, at the time, now in 85, was even worse. The high schooler, some of them used to be scared of the junior high schooler. Imagine how worse it was. So I started assisting. Of course, my brother was also in, in that school. Um, and um, I went into the, um, signed up uh, for the football team. Uh, didn't get accepted. Uh, but I always used to be there on, you know, on the hanging out. Um, in the bleaches, in the back, sometimes, not all the time. You know, my brother always used to be out there too, so I used to be out there just hanging out, cutting class. I uh, went there for a few years. I didn't graduate. Of course, I hit the street. My brother went to the Marines, and uh, my brother, I used to look up to my brother, but uh, my brother was, none of my older brother. I don't think nowadays that they did their job with me as to, um, you know, being a big brother. I think it's a big responsibility in being a big brother. And sometimes we get caught up in our own life. And uh, being that, you know, your brothers don't have a father and stuff like that. We look up. You know, I used to look up to my brother Sal, Sam. A lot, you know, and uh, but I, I guess that never manifested anyway. Uh, so my brother went to the Marines, and I started cutting class. I met a few friends of mine. I met uh, one individual that happened to be my neighbor also. Another turning part of my life, and uh, I learned a lot from this individual. Um, great things and bad things good things and worse things but um all of that shaped um who i am today um, am i proud who i am today uh, i'm proud that i have survived i'm not proud who i am today um that's one of the things that people um they confuse as to you know being proud of what brought you to the moment that you are me, you know, I'm not completely proud because I could have done a lot of, a lot of uh, better decision. Like I also could have done a lot of worse decision, but it's up to me. But anyway, so um, the '90s, the '80s, the late '80s um, was a crazy time in New York City. Growing up, you pro there's a probably a few books out there that you probably should read that will explain and give you guys a good picture and idea growing up in Washington Heights in the 80s and the 90s. And uh, the 90s, to me, was also a turning point from 89 to 90. I went deep into the streets, you know, as a businessman, as a entrepreneur, as a street guy, as a hustler, whatever y'all want to call it. And um, it was a, a decade or 
turbulence, a decade that um, you guys will one day probably read it or see it on uh, my channel, my YouTube channel, or you know, um, read about it or see it in a movie or something to that effect. But um, the 90s, I started uh, migrating back out of state to other states, uh, late 90s. And my I, my mind started opening up, you know, you know, a person that stays stuck in one place, that's all you're going to know, one place. Especially back then, that we didn't have internet, you know. Um, we had communication, but we didn't have yet internet, you know. We had phone, we had beepers, um, but we didn't have that other communication that we got now um so i started going out of state first place i went out of state was to north carolina shout out to my people louie um we went on a crazy mission not much to say or that uh came back successfully and um my eyes were open in the sense as to i stepped out of my boundary, you know, so my mind saw other things, you know, and when you do other stuff than you normally do, you release stuff in your head, you know, and, and you, your brain, uh, expand your, I guess, memory intake, you know, expand makes it bigger and you, you think different. And the more I kept on traveling and doing different, uh, mission and different endeavor um mine kept on opening up talking to different people i went on to uh, other states you know midwest to um cleveland ohio came to here to boston massachusetts went back to pennsylvania philly north philly went back to north carolina south carolina atl I traveled a lot of state, even went down to Texas, came back, went a few times to Florida. Um, so, you know, your mind, I can imagine those people that travel worldwide and then they go to a uh, different part of the world, um, how how much their brain open up. So anyway, so um, with that said, um, I ran into problem with the laws and... Um, I had to sit down for a quick 10 years. Um, self, talk about self-quarantine, you know, and um, that's when I learned to control my um, patience. I learned to control my intake in a lot of things. My intake as in the sense of food, the intake as in the sense of what I listen to, what I watch, what I read, and all of that, you know, so um, I had a lot of time, it's 10 years, you know, so you have to take it day by day, but at the same time, you have to not forget about yourself and work on yourself, and the best thing is to read and educate yourself, and um, I send out for a few books um, pertaining to writing script, and uh wanted to turn my writing skill into something else than just uh, songs and whatever. I wanted to turn it into story. So I did that. I did a lot of 
drawing cards, learn a little bit of origami and other stuff. Uh, took on uh, politics, uh, ran a couple of elections in 1,800 uh, inmates, prisoners that was around me. Um, won two of them successfully. I served my time. Um, that's another uh, topic that's going to come in the future. It's called the Norfolk Project. It's um, a documentary that I worked on. It's 90% uh, complete uh, in the writing, not in the shooting or recording. Um, but um, I did my time there. I took culinary. I, you know, hustled. Uh, you will have to see the documentary in order for you to get a good picture of that. So I did those 10 years sitting down, came home, had a lot of um, ideas as to working for myself and uh, putting some money that I uh, accumulated in those 10 years and some money that was um, owed to me as for um, property that I had owned that was sold uh, without me being there. Anyway, so, um, and I wanted to um, try my own things, you know. I wanted to uh, create a platform even from back then, and I wanted to be part of team, of a team, you know. So I reached out, of course, to my closest, um, no name at this time, um, and I, you know, uh, I uh, I let them know what were my ideas, and my ideas were, um, I guess, not good enough for them to even say, yo, you know, uh, proceed, you know, and you should do this like this like that, you know, uh, whatever, whatever. Not, they were shut down, you know. So um, I kept on moving on my own track and uh, kept on writing. I... Um, joined a team with a friend of mine and we started shooting a, um, a web series, a YouTube series. Um, it was going to be uh, a mix of uh, fiction and nonfiction, you know, story from the heights and stuff that I had written. Um, started um, writing and me and him, we wrote a lot of stuff between me and him. Shout out to my man, Mr. J-Rock, J-Rock. You know, uh, I'll have you here for uh, future uh, guests. And uh, me and him vibed, and uh, we created a few stuff. And, uh, you know, um, because of a uh, certain situation, and, you know, it didn't work out. Me and him stayed cool. Um, and uh, I had to take my, uh, my leave. So I took my leave. And I started other things, you know, and that's when I made my move from uh, New York um, to Boston for um, like two or three years ago. Um, I made a move because I was visiting out here and, uh, you know, I all time to Boston in the sense of uh, working in the community, you know, giving back because uh, this is where I you know, uh, committed the crime that made me do all the time that I had to sit down for. So I feel like I owe this community some uh, community work and I want to do something. And I came back here also. Some other family and friends 
you know, problem. Um, brought me back over here. And uh, not only that, the economy here, I was seeing everything that was going on with all the new building, the South Bay down there, they created a whole new side of building, like a whole city within behind South Bay, you know, and then you go down to the seaport and it's all restaurants, it's like the little South Beach and then you cross over and you go to um, over there where good times used to be had and now is, uh, you know, um, what is it? Uh, what they call that area over there by uh, Somerville? Um, wow, uh, just had a brain fart right now. Um, uh, anyway, yeah, where good time used to be at down there, I'll add uh, on the on the comments. So I'll, uh, when I remember, I'll make mention of the place. Um, Assembly Row, Assembly Row, my fault. Um, so yeah, also it's. Um, I was seeing all of that, so I'm telling myself, wow, you know, it's a, a big construction boom over here going on. And I was like, you know, um, I put one and one together. Uh, that time also I was trying to uh, bring uh, over a friend of mine so uh, we could start um, a smoke shop, a hookah place, because he had the connection in New York, you know, smoke shop. It's a Habibi friend of mine. Hopefully, he's doing great, him and his family, you know. Musa, love you. Um, but, um, so I was also scouting for that. I went to a few places here in Boston uh, as to stay. Um, the first place was like New Hampshire. I stayed there for a few, like a week and so. Beautiful, kind of expensive, but it's a little bit far from really the city, Boston. New Hampshire is not too far. It's a, a, another state. And then right under New Hampshire is Lawrence, and it's too Dominican for me. Even though I'm from the Heights, but that's what it is. It's like a little portion of the Heights in a square, you know, a mile type thing. You know, it's too much for me. And, um... Uh, it's too much going on, you know, and that's where everything is going on, you know, and I don't want to involve myself in nobody else's bullshit. So uh, that's a place that I could have even lived for free because I have family, relatives over there that were willing to uh, rent me, and I know for the low. Anyway, but no, I um, also tried out Fitchburg um, in Massachusetts. Um, Sorry, um, and uh, Fishburg is has potential, but it's like far away from where's it at, and where's it at is the Boston area. You know the like you know if I would say New York, it would be the five borough, Manhattan in the middle, Brooklyn, Queens, you know Staten Island, Long Island, all of that. You know Bronx. Jersey on the other side, you know, so Boston is like that. You got Cambridge, you got Somerville, you got Revere, you got Chelsea, you got all of that right then and there. That's only like 20 minutes from each other, if anything, East Boston, you know. So I moved out here with uh, in a room, and I moved up from room 
found a um, a job. My boy used to work in um, uh, my boy Pete. Shout out to Pete. Uh, he worked in a in a plumbing company. They do delivery and got me a job as a driver, driving truck, and I uh, was doing delivery to all of that. And um, shout out Poland Group. Um, you know, I worked for them for two years, and uh, it was a step up. So we moved in together, and uh, we had um, a great relationship as brothers, uh, me, P, and A. Shout out to Ansel. Um, and uh, this is where, in uh, this house is where uh, the this podcast idea, like, took another step, you know, as in naming it, as in um, giving it the first sales, and then it grew into what it is today and what it's going to grow in the future. So, you know, it's like a cell um, breaking in two, and then those two make four, and on and on and on and on. So at that time, um, I was working, um, doing delivery, and, you know, coming home tired, and it led up to this, and um, led up to the creation of this podcast, then this pandemic hit, and, um, made me realize that, um, you know, um, we take for granted uh, the time as it go by and stuff like that. You know, my boy Flaccovelli said, think and create. Dope. I love that, you know. And um, I'm one to always think a lot of stuff and never follow through. Yeah, I admit that. You know, um, also my boy Johnny Utah, uh, another future host, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, another future guest, um, says, you know, either you're the one that thinks it or the one that do it. Something to that effect. He'll probably, um, you know, tell me how it is when he comes as a, one of my guests. But, um, yeah, you know, I procrastinated a lot, but uh, I took and I jumped at this, you know, um, podcasting because everybody's doing it everybody's locked up right now everybody's in quarantine and uh i've been um making videos and stuff like that and uh you know um cooking a lot of food different food food that i haven't cooked before calling my mother on the phone having her talk to me for like 15 20 minutes instructing me how to make a a good rice with beans in it and stuff like that, you know. So, you know, I was like, why not talk it, you know? Why not just um, record it? I found this application, Anchor, man. It's great, man. You guys should try it. It's not because I'm on it. Uh, of course, I um, might get paid for their promotional stuff, but um, it walks you through it. It gives you the ability to um, even do it on the go on your phone. You could download it on your phone. And, um, you know, um, it's uh, for those people that like to talk and, you know, want to tell their side of the stories, you know, as to what's going on while you're in quarantine. This is a good platform right here to um, record your stuff. 
and uh, you could record with friend um, over the phone. Uh, it don't have to be great quality, as you guys can hear. Um, it's a phone conversation uh, that I'm having with myself, and um, you know, um, I have an accent also, and I have a slur. Um, so hopefully, you guys be able to um, be able to understand everything that I hear, what I'm saying, and everything that you hear. Um, once again, thank you once again for listening to all the guys that take the time to hit that link and uh, listen to all my people eating. Um, I'm uh, the next time that I record, I'll be bringing somebody along to talk. I just have to find out how this work. Um, trying to see if I could link up uh, with my boy Kaboykian. Uh, he also um, started his own podcast on the same um, app, Anchor, and um, trying to see how this works so we could become friends. That way we could both record and I could do his podcast. He could interview me and I could interview him. Um, anyway, um, coming at the half an hour mark. 28 minutes now, and I want to um, also say, you know, I send uh, a couple of invites to a couple of friends of mine. Hopefully they answer. I know that you guys are, you know, doing your own things. You got your own family, your own uh, situation that's going in with your family. It's understandable. Um, I don't expect you to respond right away. Just letting you know that I did this podcast and, uh, you know, I would love that you could have a conversation with me. Like I said, I'm not going to upload it if you don't feel comfortable with what you're saying. I'll record it. I'll let you guys hear it before I upload it um, just so we could be on the same page or the same book. Um, and, you know, I'll... I made the jump. I'm trying it. I know it's not a professional thing. Uh, the voice doesn't sound um, equalized to no effect. Um, I'm working with what I got. Um, recording straight out of my iPad. And hopefully um, you guys can help me grow. Like I will help you guys grow too. Um, come through. Let's have a conversation. Talk about what's going on. Um, with this corona scare and uh, what you guys is doing to stay healthy, what you guys is eating, uh, if you guys got any knowledge of any food dispensary or food bank, we can talk about that. Any project that you guys is working on, you know, bring it on, man. Let's talk about this. Um, I'm still waiting for all you guys to answer, man. All my people eating.